Good evening and welcome to another episode of Need for Sleep. Whether you are a child, a teenager, a parent, uh, or a grandparent, or whatever really, a dog, I believe everyone deserves a good bedtime story. So I'm going to read some for you. My name is Timothy Whitmer, and I'm happy to read for you tonight. Tonight is going to be the second part of Thumbelina. And then the next episode will be on Monday. Enjoy. So just a short reminder of what happened yesterday. Thumbelina was looking at the dead bird with the mole and the mouse. And then she couldn't sleep at night and went back to the bird and made a bed for the bird. As soon as she warmed him up a bit, she felt how the bird's heart was pumping. So the bird's still alive. And that's what happened then. In autumn all the swallows fly away into warm countries, but if a bird stays on too long, the cold suddenly arises and it becomes chilled and falls down as if dead. It remains where it fell, and the cold snow covers it. Thumbelina trembled very much. She was quite frightened, as the bird was a large one, a great deal larger than herself. But she was brave, laid wool more thickly over the poor swallow, and then took a leaf which she had used for her own bed cover and laid it over the head. The next night she again sneaked out to see him. He was alive, but very weak. He could only open his eyes for a moment to look at Thumbelina who stood by. Thank you, pretty little maiden, said the sick swallow. I have been so nicely warmed that I shall soon get back my strength to be able to fly about again in the warm sunshine. Oh, said she, it is cold outside now. It snows and freezes. Stay in your warm bed. I will take care of you. She brought the swallow some water in the flower leaf, and after he had drunk, he told her that he had hurt one of his wings in a thorny bush and could not fly as fast as the others, who were soon far away on their journey to warm countries. At last he had fallen to the earth and could remember nothing else. All winter the swallow remained underground and Thumbelina nursed him with care and love. She did not tell either the mole or the field mouse anything about it, for they did not like swallows. Very soon the springtime came, and the sun warmed the earth. Then the swallow said farewell to Thumbelina, and she opened the hole in the ceiling which the mole had made. The sun shone in upon them, so beautifully that the swallow asked her if she would like to go with him. She could sit on his back, he said, and he would fly away with her into the green woods, but she knew it would be sad for the field mouse if she left her like that. So she said, No, I cannot. Goodbye then, goodbye, you good pretty little maiden, said the swallow, and he flew out into the sunshine. Thumbelina looked after him, and the tears came to her eyes. 
she was very fond of the poor swallow. Tweet, tweet, sang the bird as he flew out in the green woods, and Thumbelina felt very sad. She was not allowed to go out into the warm sunshine. The corn which had been sowed in the field over the house of the field mouse had grown up high into the air and formed a thick wood to Thumbelina. You are going to be married, little one, said the field mouse. My neighbor has asked you. What good luck for a poor child like you. Now we will make your wedding clothes. Nothing must be wanting when you are the wife of the mole. Thumbelina had to turn the spindle, and the field mouse hired four spiders who were to weave day and night. Every evening the mole visited her and kept talking about when the summer would be over. Then he would have his wedding day with Thumbelina. But now the heat of the sun was so great that it burned the earth and made it hard, like stone. As soon as the summer was over the wedding would take place, but Thumbelina was not at all pleased, for she did not like the mole. Every morning when the sun rose and every evening when it went down, she would creep out at the door, and as the window blew aside the ears of corn so that she could see the blue sky, she thought how beautiful and bright it seemed out there, and wished so much to see her dear friend, the swallow, again. But he never returned, for by this time he had flown far away into the lovely green forest. When autumn arrived, Thumbelina had her outfit quite ready, and the field mouse said to her, In four weeks the wedding must take place. Then she wept and said she would not marry the dull, dreary mole. Nonsense, replied the field mouse. Now don't be stubborn, or I will bite you with my white teeth. He is a very handsome mole. The queen herself does not wear more beautiful velvets and furs. His kitchens and cellars are quite full. You ought to be very thankful for such good fortune. So the wedding day was fixed, on which the mole was to take her away to live with him, deep under the earth, and never again to see the warm sun, because he did not like it. The poor child was very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun, and as the field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door, she went to look at it once more. Goodbye, bright sun, she cried, stretching out her arms towards it. She walked a short distance from the house where the corn had been cut, and only the dry stubble remained in the fields. Goodbye, goodbye she repeated, wrapping her arm around a little red flower that grew just by her side. Greet a little swallow from me, if you should see him again. Tweet, tweet, sounded over her head suddenly. She looked up, and, and there was the swallow himself flying close by. As soon as he saw Thumbelina, he was delighted. She told him how she didn't want to marry the ugly mole, and to always live beneath the earth, never again to see the bright sun. And as she told him, she cried. Cold winter is coming, said the swallow. 
and I am going to fly away into the warmer countries. Will you go with me? You can sit on my back and fasten yourself on. Then we can fly away from the ugly mole and his dark rooms, far away over the mountains into warmer countries where the sun shines more brightly than here, where it is always summer and the flowers bloom with such beauty. Fly now with me, dear little one. You saved my life when I lay frozen in that dark, gloomy passage. Yes, I will go with you, said Thumbelina, and she seated herself on the bird's back with her feet on his outstretched wings and tied herself to one of the strongest feathers. The swallow rose in the air and flew over forest and over the sea, high above the highest mountains, covered with snow. Thumbelina would have been frozen in the cold air, but she crept under the bird's warm feathers, keeping her little head uncovered, so that she might admire the beautiful lands over which they passed. Finally, they reached the warm countries, where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. Here on the hedges and by the roadside grew purple, green and white grapes, lemons and oranges hung from the trees in the fields, and the air was fragrant with orange blossoms. Beautiful children ran along the country lanes, playing with large butterflies, and as the swallow flew farther and farther, Every place appeared still more lovely. At last they came to Blue Lake, and by the side of it, shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble, built in the olden times. Ivy wrapped around its tall pillars, and at the top were many swallows' nests and one of these was the home of the swallow who carried Thumbelina. This is my house, said the swallow, but it would not be for you to live there. You would not be comfortable. You must choose for yourself one of those lovely flowers, and I will put you down upon it, and then you shall have everything that you can wish to make you happy. That will be delightful, she said, and clapped her little hands for joy. A large marble pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken into three pieces. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful large white flowers, so the swallow flew down with Thumbelina and placed her on one of the wide leaves. But how surprised she was to see in the middle of the flower a tiny little man, as white and see-through as if he had been made of glass. He had a gold crown on his head, and lovely wings at his shoulders, and was not much bigger than was she herself. He was the angel of the flower, for a tiny man and a tiny woman dwell in every flower, and this was the king of them all. Oh, how beautiful he is, whispered Thumbelina to the swallow. The little prince was at first quite frightened at the bird, who was like a giant compared to such a tiny little creature as himself, but when he saw Thumbelina, he was delighted and thought her to be the prettiest little maiden he had ever seen. 
he took the gold crown from his head and placed it on hers and asked her name and if she would be his wife and queen over all the flowers. This certainly was a very different sort of husband from the son of the toad or the mole with his black velvet and fur, so she said yes to the handsome prince. Then all the flowers opened, and out of each came a little lady or a tiny lord, all so pretty it was quite lovely to look at them. Each of them brought Thumbelina a present, but the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings which had belonged to a large white fly, and they fastened them to Thumbelina's shoulders so that she might fly from flower to flower. Then there was much celebrating, and the little swallow who sat above them in his nest was asked to sing a wedding song, which he did, but in his heart he felt sad, for he was very fond of Thumbelina and would have liked never to leave her. You must not be called Thumbelina any more, said the spirit of the flowers to her. You are so very lovely. We will call you Maya. Goodbye, goodbye, said the swallow with a heavy heart as he left the warm countries to fly back into Denmark. There he had a nest over the window of a house where the writer of fairy tales lived. The swallow sang, Tweet, tweet, and from his song came this whole story. The End And good night.